Hey everyone, welcome back to Here in Apologetics. I'm so pumped to join us today to have Josh Yen from Philosophy for All. He's been on the show a bunch, and today we're going to be talking about like philosophy and our journeys and thinking about like podcasts and all this like fun kind of like reflection stuff. Uh, so Josh, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing great. It's great to be back on. It seems like ages since we started talking together ages ago. And and I have to say, um, since we're talking about our journeys, I have to give you a huge thank you for um for the help you've given me over the last few years where we've been working together on these videos. And it's you've been a really great help in running my channel as well. <laughs> yeah, likewise, Josh, you've been huge for me. And it's funny, like looking back, I was looking at like I been like numbering all the like conversations is like podcasts uh, and i can mm -hmm. see like episode 125 was with you talking about your book christianity for all and you look like a little baby in that photo yes like, what happened <laughs> like it is it was over two years ago we did that um and that was definitely not the first time we've talked because we did we've done a bunch of like response videos and stuff in the past um but it's been a minute since the last time you've been on so i'm pumped for today um yeah. So for people listening, what we're going to do is we're just going to talk about our journeys and whatnot. Uh, as always, if you're new to here in Apologetics, be sure to subscribe, leave a like, all that fun stuff. And if you value what we do, please consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash here in Apologetics. You can do this for literally just a dollar a month. Um, and your support is huge. Um, for everyone listening, give a dollar a month. We'd be in a much better spot. Uh, so please consider doing that. But Josh, tell me what's up. Where, where, where are you now? What are you doing? So right now I've been um, in Oxford for the last year. I've I just started my undergraduate degree. I was at I was back in Hong Kong last year, and I've been doing work there. But now I've I'm in Oxford. I do philosophy and theology. I've been um, enjoying the time while I've been here, interacting with a lot of people who've also been studying philosophy and theology. Gotten really close to the Catholics over here, so I've been having really interesting discussions with them, and have been um, having quite a lot of discussions about doctrine, philosophy, especially on the theology side, which I was actually quite surprised at. Going to uni, I was expected just to think about the philosophy, all the philosophy, all the time. But when I showed up, I, I suppose it was like God's plan or whatnot. But I was like, oh my gosh, I'm surrounded by loads of um. Catholics and whatnot. So it's time to um, unlock the theology thinking hat. So so I suppose that's been quite fun. And I've also been, of course, I'm making videos on my channel as well, just kind of interacting and reaching out to uh, different professors to talk to them. And I see that's something that you do quite a lot. And I thought that was a really good way to help um, carry on the discussion and really present philosophy in a easily accessible manner there as well. Okay, that's super cool. So what's the Catholic scene like in the UK and in Oxford? It's surprisingly very powerful. I mean, I was moved into a, a Catholic kind of, well, I was moved into a Baptist college. So I'm in Regent's Park College. So it's quite a small one. But I, there was a few Catholics there and they brought me to a few of the Catholic churches around here. So there's the Oratory, which was really cool because um, J.R. Tolkien used to go there. So being in a church where you can think of um, the writer of Lord of the Rings being a huge Lord of the Rings fan, going to that church, I was like, oh my gosh, uh, this, this is where um, J.R. Tolkien used to worship. And then there's a, a very strong Catholic community in, in, in the Catholic chaplaincy. So I tend to stay around there more than the Protestant churches. I, 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 we might be able to get to this a bit later, but for some reason, I feel that the connections I have with the Catholics seems to have deeper relations than that with the, with the Protestant churches. I'm not sure that's just my experience or whatnot, but, but I definitely have that really strong connection with a lot of them. And they're really wonderful people. So I do talk to them a lot and really debate with them. And they, we've had some really wonderful conversations over my time being there. Okay, that's really cool. Um, so that's where you are now. What about like your channel, Josh? Obviously, I remember like way back when, um, when I believe it was Christianity for now for all. Now you're philosophy for all. Um, in the past, you wouldn't shut up about Dostoevsky, but now I'm like looking, and I'm like, it's all about this Hegel dude and like what whatnot. Um, what's going on with your channel? Like, what are you doing now with your YouTube channel, Philosophy for All? Yes, I mean, I've, I've, as, as you've rightfully noted, I've, I have changed away from the Christianity for all just because I felt it was important to, I suppose, get a bit broader. I felt talking about Christianity all the time. I, on one hand, I didn't know whether there was actually enough content that I, I was comfortable talking about on the Christian front, which made me change to philosophy for all. And also, I just kind of have interest in just kind of these rabbit holes of philosophy, like Hegel, as you've said. I'm, I'm currently uh, starting a research project on a, a Russian philosopher called Berdyaev, who I, 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 I was introduced to through my research in Dostoevsky, but him and some of his views about uh, the beginning, the creation, ethics and whatnot, I felt was quite interesting. And, and he does provide a, a brand new view of ethics, which is rather un, 
or I suppose unfamiliar or not really popular in in the West. So I thought it was quite interesting to look at how he he views ethics, how he views the world in relationship to God and his uh, reliance on uh, a German theologian called Bohm back in um, the 16th century. So so I've been kind of all over the place with philosophy in, in some sense of going into all these different rabbit holes. And I thought, well, since it's um, so broad, my interests, I may as well call it philosophy for all and and start uh, building on from there. Well, I love what you're doing. And like, as I, and this happens to me a lot, where I just, it's almost like information overload, but it like frustrates me, but I love it at the same time. Um, Like looking at your channel, I'm thinking about like, like right now I have a pulled open. I'm like, oh, he's talking about like Hegel. He's talking about Kierkegaard. Uh, He's talking about J.R. Tolkien and like Nietzsche. And I'm just like, I want to know all this stuff. I don't want to learn all this stuff. And at the same time, it's like, Zach, you've been reading the same book for like three months. You got to keep going. And it's just like, I don't know. I just feel like it's so cool, like all the different avenues you can take, like in like philosophy and like apologetics. And that's part of the reason I love this um, is because there's just so much you can talk about. Um, But where was I going with that? I don't know where I was going with that. But like, I think that's cool, Josh, that you're really like looking at all these different like philosophers, like you're engaging culture, you're engaging Jordan Peterson, you're engaging Richard Dawkins, you're going back to like Kant and Hegel and Nietzsche and all these people. and I just love that. I think that's super cool that you're doing with your channel. And I'd encourage everyone, if you're not already subscribed to Josh, check it out because there's a lot of good stuff over there. So, yeah. I suppose I have a question for you is, is in like, sometimes when I was making these videos myself, I would be making a video, I'd be doing research and then I'll, I'll kind of, there's this always this constant relationship between me watching comments on my channel and them recommending me to do videos then leading to me to do research or studying a certain field of philosophy and then sometimes I'll be studying a field of philosophy and then I make a video on it have you ever kind of had that approach as a youtuber where you're like thinking I'm reading this book this book's really interesting or I've listened to this lecture it's been interesting so maybe I'm going to use my channel as a platform to maybe reach out to that professor or have a relationship between your interest in YouTube and also your interests in uh, philosophy and academia. Have that, have you found those t- being tied together? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely all the time. Um, it's a little bit different because I'm not making like these like videos were about like Dostoevsky and people, but like, it's more like these kind of conversations and with some response videos, but yeah, all the time I'll read a book and I'll be like, Ooh, that's a really good book. And I want to talk to that author. Um, and I'll do that. Um, so yeah, that happens all the time for me. And like, I'll, oftentimes I'll ask people, I'm like, who do you, like, who do you want to see on here? Like Christian, atheist, Muslim, like no, it doesn't matter to me. Um, who do you want to see on here? And people will like email me or comment or whatever. And I'm like, okay. And I'll add them to my list of people I want to get on. And yeah, so that kind of stuff happens all the time. And for people listening, if you have someone where you're like, oh, there's this guy you got to talk to, email me. Comment uh, Comments, I'm not the best at reading, but like, if you email me it, I'll hopefully make it happen so yeah all the time so would you say your views on apologetics have changed over time to running youtube because i i suppose at least looking at my own path i used to be very focused on apologetics like proving the existence of god and whatnot in my youtube videos and and i think if you go back to some of my first videos it was all like arguments for the resurrection series then a cosmological argument and then responding to an argument against a cosmological argument and it was always focused on that but as time goes on i've kind of I suppose, took a step back on apologetics and have slowly, I'm not sure, I wouldn't say I've I've felt that apologetics becomes less useful. I think it's definitely useful. But in some sense, I've embraced a form of almost an idea that apologetics only gets you so far towards conversion. And in fact, there are, are other means in which people do come to Christ, like perhaps thinking about existential questions or questions about how we relate to the world and whatnot. And, and I've kind of delved into that just because of how I've been observing YouTube and just seeing the comments on videos that I'm like, well, I could make a good argument and people would like give a response and that goes on forever. Or, or I would say this and someone else says that it just kind of goes on forever. Do you, have you, have you felt that your view of apologetics has changed or the purpose of apologetics have changed through your interaction with YouTube? Or do you think it's hmm. kind of stayed true throughout your experience? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, on a personal level, I would say definitely my views have shifted. Um, I mean, I think there was a time, like I remember this time when I was, this was when I was 17 or 18 or no, 18 or nine. Yeah, 17, 18, somewhere in there. Um, I was sitting in a hammock in my backyard and I was reading, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist by Frank Turek. And he was going through the Kalam cosmological argument. And I was like, boom, like God's proven, like this is over. Like game is over, like like it's over. Um <laughs> 
obviously in the past five, six years since that happened, my views have changed a lot. And I don't think it's like, oh, Kalam, game over. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think personally, I've just become more open. Like, I'm probably more convinced than ever that like Christianity is true. Um, but then my views towards arguments have, I, I've really shifted from like, maybe like how you'd see like a William Lane Craig, like debate. Cause obviously anyone getting into apologetics is very influenced by like William Lane Craig. Um, I probably shifted from like that kind of style where you like you have these like deductive arguments, conclusions to really just trying to think more like, um, maybe inductively or like thinking like abductively, like the best, best explanation um, where like, I think about like, if I was going to make a case for God, like apologetically, I wouldn't say like, boom, here's something that proves God, but I'd be like, Hey, here's a bunch of things that really point to God. Um, and we can make a nice theory based off of that. So personally, that's how it's changed uh, with regards to the channel. I think it's become less about apologetics and more about philosophy in general. Obviously like I'm a Christian and I have apologists on talking about talking, topics like defending christianity like all you have to do is just scroll through our last few episodes and you can see that um but also having people like Graham Oppie, mike humor uh these kind of people who are not christians coming on to just talk about different topics that maybe are, is an argument against god or just a philosophy topic um just things like that so i think with the direction of my channel that's kind of where it's going is like, we're still going to talk about apologetics and like the problem of evil super big for me um, and things like that. But I also want to investigate different like philosophical topics. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at. The only thing I'm adding is I'm trying to do these, these short little like lecture videos, which are very low quality. But for me, it's about like the content versus like the quality. Um, maybe people don't like that. But for me, content is triumphs over the quality, like in terms of like, not like crappy philosophy, but in terms of like the production, like I'm, probably never just because i don't do this full time gonna be someone that like puts a bunch of effort into like having like flashy lights or like cool hair or, or like a nice shirt like they don't have those that nice like button up like black and white shirt that you have josh um but <laughs> it's it's about like what you're hearing to me like i want like good philosophy good theology and that's the most important thing to me above like production value and whatnot so with my channel that's kind of where we're going um talking with different thinkers and then building these like short little lecture series where they're like maybe like seven eight nine ten parts um building to a topic like right now i'm doing one on why christianity is true and we just put out part six yesterday so that's where i'm at what about you i i think what you've said is is very is very true i mean thinking about the production the quality versus the kind of the, the actual content is something which is always on my mind all the time because there's times where i'll be like okay, I'm going to experiment making a very aesthetically pleasing video and I'll get all the different camera angles and whatnot. And then I, and after I've made the video and they actually end up doing way better, like significantly better than the other ones. I, I remember I did one, I, I purposely tried to do one with better quality, I think a few a weeks, a few weeks ago on, on like why Christians should wrestle with Dostoevsky or whatnot. And it got like significantly, probably, probably like four or five times more views than my other videos. And, and parts mm. of you are thinking, well, should should I be going down that pursuit a bit more? But at, at, at the same time, I'm thinking, well, but it's kind of not exactly why I'm trying to do these videos. I'm trying to kind of express deep philosophical thinking to people and express these ideas. And sometimes it's very difficult to balance, as you say, as as someone who's not doing this full time to balance the to balance the the, the good production quality with the, the just the content or of it and sometimes it's quite difficult to draw the balance between the two and i'm still kind of figuring that out and one thing i try to do these days is to upload a lot of these shorts or these clips from uh, longer interviews but at the same time i'm not really sure whether that actually works or whether that's a good idea i mean if you look at all the hegel videos i've been uploading those all come from one one lecture video i did ages ago so i mean that's something i'm thinking about right now and I'm kind of not sure whether I should just start a small channel on the side, just to upload those small clips and then focus more on bigger videos on this side. But I mean, that's supposedly where the channel's at right now. I'm kind of trying to find a direction or a strategy of where it should go forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought about getting back into the shorts. Um, if I did it, it'd be on just this channel because there's like a little like part of YouTube now where you can just like post shorts, uh, yeah. which is pretty interesting, pretty cool. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's definitely like an interesting like realm doing like this youtube stuff um yeah what's maybe like what's one thing in your journey that's like surprised you josh Ooh, hmm i don't i think one of the big things which have surprised me i would say is the personal i suppose the non i, I guess the analytic the shift away from analytic philosophy because as as a, as a child i mean even in my younger videos if you look 
at the South, the Josh Yen who was making videos back then. You would see I was very focused on analytic philosophy, proving stuff and whatnot. This has to be right. This has to be perfect. Everything has to be demonstrated with a good argument and whatnot. And, and while those things are good, I feel I've over time shifted away from that. I felt that at the end of the day, and I suppose that's a shift from, I guess, theology or philosophy to almost anthropology. I've I've become more interested in how humans experience the world. What is the core of human experience? And that's something I'll probably have never predicted at all in my entire life. I would never have thought I would have gone down this small um, kind of this offshoot and to really figure out, well, what is what does it mean to exist in the world and how do we interact with the concepts which are around us and how how does that apply to our views and interactions with ethics? These big questions like ethics your relationship with others, the existence of God and whatnot. And of course, the analytic philosophy is important. And I still do try to focus on that at times. I mean, I'm doing a, a series, of apologetic series at a few churches in Hong Kong over summer. So I still try to keep that analytic side of my brain going. But at the same time, I would have never expected for myself to shoot off into continental philosophy as much as I have. Has anything, um, has anything surprised you in a similar or a different way in your, in your experience? Uh, I think the progression away from something like analytic philosophy like i'm definitely not like i'm not a philosopher and i'm probably never gonna be a professional philosopher um but like i'm surprised how much i've shifted away from just like hammering down like deductive arguments um because at the beginning like that's what i was super into it was like these deductive arguments and like defending the premises and fighting against objections and like that was that um and recently it's been yeah, like kind of pro a progression away from that. Not that that's bad at all. Like, I think there's super helpful discussions. Like I just finished reading um, Andrew Loke's book on like the cosmological and theological arguments. Um, and he gives you that like deductive, like logical push. Because um, in his book, he'll talk about like, hey, like here's my argument. I've defeated the objections or like I've shown that there's good reason to doubt them. And like, so the conclusion is going to follow like God exists or something like that. Um, obviously, that's a very oversimplified version of what Loke does. But yeah, I mean, that progression away um, from like an analytical thought process. And I'm just wondering, like, why do you think that's the case? Because I've seen it like even like in the YouTube realm, like people aren't really doing as much like defenses of like a three premise column or like a three premise fine tuning. But there really is a progression away from this. Like, why do you think that that would be the case? Mm, I think that's a very interesting question because I've been thinking about it as well. And I mean, I have two hypotheses in mind. On one hand, I'm thinking, well, it could be just, it does, it's not been getting anywhere. Like we've been talking about the Kalam for quite a while, at least on the YouTube landscape. And if you think about how YouTube works, I wouldn't say I'm much of an expert at YouTube, but it kind of thinks like trends go on for like three years at the max before they just completely die out. I mean, I just think about Among Us videos, those were like a thing for a year and they just disappeared. And, and of course, academic stuff is a bit different. They, they go on for longer, but still it feels in some sense that at least to me, making Kalam video after Kalam video or, or at least watching videos after videos of these arguments and going back and forth, they never really seem to get anywhere. I mean, I just think about um, rationality rules versus, um, who is it? Capturing Cameron. Christianity a while. Yeah, Cameron a while back. They did, a, they did like a series or a collab together where they were making a Kalam video and then a response and then, and then, a, and then another response or whatnot. And, and I feel that there was almost perhaps an idea where the, just the, the way things work, people just didn't really want to watch any more of that and they were interested in other things. Another idea is the, the feeling that perhaps it's already been done to death. What has been written about them has already been written. There's nothing more to actually add to the conversation significantly. I mean, the arguments that people have against the Kalam are always going to be the infinite regress as possible or, or at least some form of that a line of reasoning that have already been written. I, I don't view too many novel approaches to these arguments so potentially they've just been moving on just because there isn't much more to be said about it it kind of just comes down to do you find this argument convincing instead of is this argument correct or this argument is wrong it's more just people just aren't convinced either one way or the other and the final thing could be just i i suppose people might be just more interested in in how humans work in the psychological perspective of it and and that's I guess, potentially the rise of Jordan Peterson and his influence in modern philosophy is he might not be strictly a philosopher, but a lot of people who are interested in philosophy just so happen to to really in be interested in Jordan Peterson and the works of like people like him and Slavoj Zizek and other people. And, and as a result, the rise of continental philosophy has just been rising as a trend. And as a result, people are moving in that direction. I'm not sure. Um, do you have any thoughts about it? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that there's been like 
an influence. Um, obviously, there's a lot of influence. I've been reading more outside of like analytic, like apologetics, which I think is a big thing that's like impacting me. Like I'm reading things like um, what's been influenced me. This isn't even like apologetics at all, but I read this book of Richard Foster on just like Christian humility and like things like this, where I'm like, there's no analytic philosophy in, in that book, um, humility. But for me, like, it's like just living these things out, like trying to live out the Christian virtues, um, not that Christian is against analytic philosophy by any means, um, but just like living th these things out has made it like less of a priority, I guess you could say. Um, again, not saying it's a bad thing, but just living these things out is just kind of led in that direction um yeah that's one thing and then just like like the what i listen to like philosophy apologetics wise a lot of the people i'm listening to now are also like either progressing away from like that analytic approach of like deductive arguments or like they just like never had it in the first place like i'm thinking of people like emerson green or like joe schmidt or my friend kyle allender or tim howard um these people aren't really like, if you look at what they're producing right now, it's not really like these three premise arguments that like lead the conclusion that like God exists or God does not exist. Uh, but looking at things more holistically, not saying that they never do that, but it's just like, that's kind of what I see. So yeah, I don't know. And I think that's just, that makes like that approach makes more sense to me. Cause I don't think we can ever like prove God or disprove God. Um, rather we have to kind of look at what we see and like, think what's the best explanation of that. Um, and that fits well with an approach that's more like, Bayesian, I guess you could say, mm. instead of like a strict, like analytic, like deductive approach is kind of what I'm thinking. You've raised a bit about your thoughts on the problem of evil and how you focus on that a bit more. Do you think your views on problem of evil has changed about how you're, you should approach it or what are your thoughts in relation to that? I'm quite interested in hearing your, your mm. thoughts on it. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, <clears throat> problem of evil. Yeah, I mean... I still don't really know what quite to think about the problem of evil. Um, there's some days where I'm like, this is e not easy, but I'm like, ah, oh, we've got some really good theodicies and like, I think we're chilling. Um, and there's other days where I'm like, how on earth do we ever explain this? Um, and I kind of like vary between those two kind of phases. Uh, over time, my views have definitely shifted. Um, how I approach the argument is different. Um, strictly is like an argument against God. Like, how do we approach it? Because I think there's some problems with like you like you assume in the like an argument from evil that conscious life exists, um, and that's a big problem for me. Like if you're going to say evil is evidence against God, we also have to consider like conscious life and like what's that going to have to play in our debate. And I get they're separate arguments, but I think you have to consider that if you're going to raise the problem of evil and say this is like either decisive or really close to like showing that God does not exist. Um, the theodicies and things I'm inclined to. Um, there's not really any that I just have like thrown out and I'm like, that's just dumb. Um, and there's no way, but like, I see different things as like possibilities. Like I've, but my eyes have been open. Like I'm like, so building. Yeah, it's definitely possible. Free will. Yeah. Though I've actually been like pulling away from like a free will theodicy of late. Um, then there's other theodicies like, Oh, maybe like there's a great story or like aesthetics um, or things like this are like redemption in the afterlife, things like this that have shown me that like really there's more options. So I'm kind of more at peace, I guess you could say at the problem of evil. Cause it, to me, there's a bunch of like different plausible ideas and like what's true. I don't really know. Only God knows. Uh, but I think there are a lot of possible options that like the theist can have with responding to the problem of evil. Mm. Yeah. That's something I've been thinking about as well. I mean, the problem of evil in the past, I focused from a very, so it's a logical problem of evil that you throw in the free will defense and then, and then whatnot. And that kind of just, I, I suppose <laughs> yeah. the entire, the, the entire idea is like, Oh, okay, well we, we've solved it, whatever, let's go, let's move on now. But then at the same time, there is almost this idea that the reason why the problem of evil is so strong doesn't seem to come fundamentally from a logical side of things. And as a result, perhaps that could potentially explain my move into continental philosophy is to really understand why the problem of evil is so strong and how, how a lot of people, I suppose, experience the problem of evil, and it's almost on an existential plane that the problem of evil really has its lying, or has its strength. It's like, I mean, what 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 comes to my mind, the strongest is Ivan Karamazov's um, returning of the ticket. He's like, I, 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 I accept that God exists, but evil still exists, and the strength of the evil is so powerful that even if God exists, I would just choose to not go to heaven, and I'd rather be away from him, because I just detest God. And, and that's a very interesting problem of evil, which... I think is potentially more powerful than all the analytic or the fundamental, like the logical problem of evil or evidential problem of evil, which is uh, being presented. And that's just something on the side, which I've, 
I've realized seems to be actually way, way more powerful and something which I think has to be thought about quite a bit more, I guess. Yeah. So that's interesting. Um, where do you think you're going in your journey, Josh? Like, what do you, like, when you think about like where you're at, so you come, like, I remember meeting you and you're a high school student, hopefully, hopefully going to Oxford as a channel Christianity for all. Now you are an Oxford student um, doing philosophy for all. You have what, like 3000 some subscribers, which congrats. That's awesome. I remember when you had like 50. Um, yeah. I'm one, of the, I'm one of the OGs, the ones that remember from the beginning. Um, but like you come from there. Um, where do you think you're headed? Like, well, like what's the future look like for you? Yeah, that's a very interesting question. I mean, I the original idea was come to Oxford, go into academia, just read all the time, write write works and publish and be a professor, lecture and teach people. That was the original goal. I, I mean, I think the goals fundamentally stay the same. I want to teach people. I want to interact with people. I want to help people. I'm not sure whether being the professor is the right thing to do, to, to pursue just because I, I, mean, I look at professors these days and you really don't get much. How do you say it? You don't get much you don't get much influence in these days. If you think about how many professors actually make an influence in the world today, it's, it's very little. I mean, you think of Jordan Peterson and whatnot, but, but those are the exception and not the rule. I mean, compared, you go back in time, I mean, professors and academia and this, the bodies of universities seem to have a way more powerful impact on society. So, so, I mean, I'm not sure whether I want to do academia anymore. I do intend to write. There's a few, the few projects I do want to um, write about to uh, publish and, and talk about and that's something I want to do but I'm not sure whether I want to follow that um, extreme uh, extremely far in, into the future and uh, however I would say that for now keep on doing the YouTube videos I think I'll keep on trying oh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get the work published on um, on Berdyaev and Boom over the summer so I'll be working on that as well however however for now I'm not exactly sure where I'm going, I suppose that that's a broad framework of everything. How about you? Where, where, what directions do you have? Yeah, I am kind of content with not having a plan at the moment. Um, I have like my work stuff that I like, and then I have this stuff that I really like. And it's just for me, it's like kind of pursue both of them with all my heart is kind of where I'm at right now. Um, with this podcast and this channel, I'm like, if it blows up one day, that'd be, oh, that'd be super cool. If it doesn't, I'm, totally chill with that. I don't need to be some famous like podcast or anything like that. Um, but I don't know, just for me, it's like, just keep exploring these ideas. Um, keep making podcasts and just keep making like little lecture videos and just keep rolling. That's my plan. Um, I don't really know. Like, I don't really think I'm going to write books. I don't, I don't think I will, but I mean, I, hopefully I have a long life ahead and only God knows. And yeah, I mean, we're just going to keep rolling one day at a time and just try to make a bunch of right now my goal is to put a bunch of podcasts in the bank um and get a bunch done these next six weeks while i have some time and just have them rolling and just see what happens honestly uh yeah so i don't really know what my plan is or like what i hope for in the future uh other than just do the best job with it here in apologetics that i can that i can that sounds wonderful do you plan to continue interviewing professors and whatnot is that kind of the direction the type of videos you're mm -hmm. going down most definitely, most definitely. But I also want to get like people that aren't professors and like people that are on the YouTube scene or people that just know a bunch because I think they're super valuable as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, I have a list, like the system I kind of use for people that are interested in this stuff is like, I'll look at like the books I've read or I'll go to fill people and I'll just find like papers or books that's interesting to me. Um, occasionally you'll see like once you get into this realm, uh, publishing companies like Zondervan or like, uh, I'm blanking now on the other ones. Um, Tyndale, like all these, they'll reach out to you sometimes to be like, Hey, we have someone they'd like to have on your show. If you're cool with it, um, send you a copy. And sometimes I look at it and I'm like, Ooh, that sounds really cool. I'm like, I'm down. Um, and yeah, just have whoever on that has a topic that interests me and I think would edify people. Um, yeah, that's just kind of, there's no strict criteria I have for being on the show. So. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, Here's a question, like when you're thinking about like apologetics and like philosophy and things like that, I'm wondering like, what do you use when you're actually like interacting with people like at Oxford? Like what are the things that you've like, you put on your channel um, and maybe it's a little different because you're in the academic world and I'm not so much. Um, 
like when you're interacting with people, like what are the ideas that are on your channel that you're really like using in your conversations with people um, on a day-to-day life? Mm. I suppose one of the things which I do do a lot and I talk to people a lot is about the existentialism stuff, just because I'm normally interacting with Catholics. I mean, there's not many atheists I interact with on a regular basis. I mean, there are, but we don't normally talk about atheism while I'm talking with them. So in some sense, it's the apologetics content doesn't come up quite frequently. However, what I do find quite interesting is, and I and I plan to make more videos on this, is questions about doctrine, questions about um, kind of scripture, what is scripture, how does Catholicism play a role in that? What 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 are the views towards Catholicism against Protestantism and what what not? I mean, those things that I talk about on my channel. I think I made a video on like why I'm a non-denominational Christian or whatnot. Those things I think have actually been used quite frequently. Talking about Kierkegaard with um Dr. Aaron Simmons on my channel has been something I've done uh, quite and and the content which is found within on Levinas as well. I had an interview with him as well on Levinas. Those ideas which come up I have used quite a lot surprisingly but um i suppose it really depends based on the fact or it's just really dependent on the fact that i am surrounded by theists and and catholics mainly and as a result those questions of existentialism of christianity are are talked about a bit more and i'm less so focused on the apologetics um a landscape of things Mm -hmm. yeah probably similar things like just talking about like questions like the meaning of life and you know like why i think god exists or things like this but oftentimes it's not on like a deductive argument like analytic philosophy like what you might hear at like a philosophy conference um but more just like a version that you talk about with people that don't really know like who william like craig is or like or, or who graham Oppie is and stuff like that that's kind of what i interact with on like a day-to-day um kind of realm when we talk about like apologetics and whatnot so yeah that's kind of that um what else josh uh, I suppose just building on on what you just said is I think that is kind of the way that people should be moving forward instead of going to the analytic philosophy. I mean, the analytic philosophy and using them is helpful, but but kind of is only helpful or is only limited to the facts or to your relationship with other people who are also very interested in analytic philosophy. I mean, I don't think popping up with the Kalam cosmological argument, modus ponens, would help someone who's <laughs> never touched philosophy before. They'll be like, what on earth are you talking about? I mean, it sounds Latin and all cool like that, but it's it's not exactly the most important thing. So, I, so in some sense, I think the goal of apologetics, or at least just as Christians, the goal is really to build those relationships first and have those conversations which are directly applicable to them. And, and it's something which, would in, which they would interact with and have those conversations. And that's been something which I found I found I found quite helpful. Yeah, I I totally agree, Josh. Um, here's a question: What do you think, like, um, for people to like grow? Like, say someone wants to grow in like their knowledge of like philosophy and like theology, and like they're like they listen to my channel or they listen to your channel, and they're, like I just want to learn and grow and like know more about the stuff. Like, what do you recommend for them on like how to do that? I think continue watching what we put out on our channels and and of course i think there's quite a few other really good youtube channels which produce really good content on philosophy and also read a lot of books on different things i mean you don't need to go in depth in depth into one single argument i mean of course if you're really interested in the cosmological argument if you're really interested in in like dostoevsky or whoever it is you could you could just zoom in and read all the literature on it but at the same time what you can do as well is just read an introductory book in 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 one subject or read just one article about one subject figure out what they're saying if you're interested keep reading on if you're not interested just move on and just read something else and just learn to read or just interact with just loads of different contents and and different ideas and perspectives on things and that's always very helpful i think and and once you start approaching it from that landscape just to just ex- expose yourself to different views the chance of you coming across something which you really really like is something which is very helpful i mean i it's it's an advice i give uh, a lot of people who are applying to universities i do a small university admissions kind of business on the side and and one thing i tell them when they're like i don't know what subject to study is go read go read um five books on biology five books on philosophy or whatnot and and they'll do it and sometimes they'll come back and say well actually i've come across this book it's it's really wonderful and and they find their passion in that and then they delve into it and that's so i mean in in a more micro philosophical scale do that read a lot of different philosophical philosophical works listen to a lot of different podcasts and ideas and and from that you might be able to come across something you're very interested in mm-hmm. yeah i think that's kind of good do you have like habits josh of like to help you like learn like maybe it's things about like how you read or when you read or how you listen to podcasts or when you do like do you have habits like that that help you to grow in this way 
I think writing notes is something which is very helpful. It doesn't need to be very, very long notes. But one thing I do when I, whenever I'm reading, I have either my Mac or my MacBook on the side, or I have, I have a piece of paper where if I'm reading a concept or I like a phrase, I just write it down. And then after I read the entire book, I just read through my notes again, just to get a kind of summary of, of what I've just read and, and, and really talk to people about it. So if you're interested in philosophy, maybe find someone else who you're interested in philosophy with and just have a chat with them about the book you've just read or introduce each other books and sometimes by just talking to things think it will get ingrained in your mind a bit more and and a lot of things I've read which I haven't talked to people about I've completely forgotten so I mean just talking to people about different ideas writing your notes is is always and I know it sounds very cliche to say it but I I, I generally think it helps quite a lot how about you? Do you have you come across anything in your in your kind of reading or whatnot which you found quite helpful yeah I've been picking up new habits especially this like this past few weeks as I've had more time to read um I mean, I set goals, like for one thing, like my reading is I want to read like 52 books a year. So that's like a book a week on average. And it doesn't mean every week I'm finishing a book. Um, like in the first five months of the year, I probably only read about like 10 or 11 books. Um, but the past like week I've read like four or five. Um, and it's just like, I use Goodreads, um, which anyone wants to be Goodreads friend with me, send a Goodreads, Goodreads request. You can just find my name. Um, and it's just like, it keeps track of books for me. Um, and like reading goals. And it's like, Oh, well right now I'm like seven or eight books behind. So I got to like pick up this reading thing up a little bit. Um, so just disciplines of like setting goals and like trying to meet them, I think is helpful. Like I think a book a week is a good kind of way if you really want to like grow in knowledge. Um, so like that kind of like setting goals and then taking notes. That's something that I started doing a lot more like these really these past few days. Um, Cause I listened to an interesting podcast um, by there's this passion in Greg Gershaw something. He was talking about habits and him and Parker said a case talked about it as well with a video on journaling um, and just trying to be intentional of like, what I do now is like every chapter, um, whether it's like a nonfiction book, a fiction book, like I was reading Catch-22 last night, um, every chapter I'm finding something I can take out of it. And maybe it's something I already know and just writing a little note of something that I learned. Like, for example, I don't have my notebook with me, but like chapter four of Catch-22, I learned about how I think it's Joseph Heller, his name is. Um, and I'm just making this up. Uh, I don't know what chapter this is in, but like how he's very like satirical of like war. Um, and it's just like thinking about that. Um, and then what I'm doing is, is with my notes, I'm going and I'm putting in these, like, I have these word documents with like different topics and I'm putting these notes into these word documents, um, with things I'm learning to kind of like have like this running list of like my ideas on a different topic. So if I'm ever like doing something about the Kalam, like, well, boom, here's kind of like my thoughts on the Kalam already written down and like I can tweak it. So for me, that's kind of what I've been doing. And I feel like that's a good thing. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with that. Yeah, I, I think that setting goals is very, very helpful. I mean, I, I haven't set goals in a long time and actually haven't done much reading apart from my coursework, to be honest. I have, I've just been reading a lot of coursework <laughs> recently. But but no, yeah. I, I definitely do intend to get start setting more goals for myself over summer. And I have a few books I have in mind to read. Not actually, not completely unrelated to philosophy, but just related to like marketing and whatnot, which I want to mm -hmm. get my mind If on. all and you do is read philosophy, idea. then I'm like, well, one, I mean, sure, that's amazing that if you love philosophy, like I don't just read philosophy. Like of the books I've read, not a lot. It's like some of them are up the loft philosophy and apologetics but others of them aren't so yeah getting that diversified interest in books is, is always very helpful and something which is, is quite nice in general i mean it allows you to talk to people as well and that's mm -hmm. that's really wonderful most definitely yeah most definitely um okay so there's that uh what do you recommend like so like if someone wants to like maybe like grow Here's something that I found that's interesting um, is I was reading this biography by, I believe it's Colin Hansen on Tim Keller, um, the pastor who just passed away, amazing pastor in New York City, has some amazing books. Uh, and one of the things that Hansen mentions that Keller did that really helped him to grow was like taking the best from multiple sources. Like Keller was very, like he was into like Lewis. He was into uh, J.R. Tolkien. He was into John Owen, uh, Jonathan Edwards. And what Keller did, which was really cool and I think is super valuable for us is he took the best of what everyone had to offer. Um, to help form his own view of things and how he communicated. And that's something I'd also recommend for people. Like if you want to grow, read and listen diversely. Like if you're into apologetics, like listen to Christian podcasts, listen to atheist podcasts, read Christian books, read atheist books, and take the best of what everyone has to offer to help build up your worldview. Um, because you don't have to start from the ground up because there's these, all these amazing people with these amazing ideas and you can take the best of what Oppie has and the best of what Malpass and the best of what Josh Yen has. Um, and you can use all these things to build up your worldview. Um, 
so yeah, I don't know what I was going to ask you, but I, that's another thing I thought that's super helpful. It was like, I was reading about that and reflecting on that. And I'm like, yeah, that's a good way to kind of do this. What would you say is the book, which made you, which has had the biggest impact on you that you've read? The Bible, the Bible. Um, <laughs> uh, no, but like, uh, thinking outside the Bible. Um, hmm. uh, I would say it'd have to be, hmm. I don't know. That's a good question. I probably a, a Christian like devotion book. Cause I feel like once you like, as a Christian, like once you get that part of your faith of actually like living for Jesus, like making your best driving, like in that direction, I feel like everything else like follows. Like, so I don't know if there's a book, um, but just forming habits that have helped me to grow and learn. I think that's the biggest thing. So what form that? I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's a hard question, Josh. What book do you think challenged you the most? Perhaps you came across this atheist article or or, or book, whatever mm -hmm. it is. What do you think challenged you the what most? What book challenged me the most? Um, huh, that's interesting. I don't know. Again, wow, I feel like I'm just totally like copying out. But like I read, like I read the Miracle of Theism by Mackey, mm -hmm. and granted, I didn't read it to the high level attention to detail. I just read it, um, but I never really left that feeling like super challenged. Um, same with arguing about gods. Granted, I didn't read with like a super high level of attention, but like I didn't leave feeling challenged. Um, I could tell you listening and thinking to Graham Oppie has helped me a lot. He's stretched my thinking and like pushed me and like what I think about like theism and arguments in ways that I never anticipated. So maybe not reading him, but like listening to his ideas and stuff has really shaped how I view like God and arguments for God and things like that. Um, his debate book with Kenny Pierce is really good because it kind of like fleshed out everything that I've been listening to. Cause I listen to a lot of the stuff he does and he goes in other channels. Um, so yeah, probably Oppie stretched me the most. Mm -hmm. What about you? Yeah. Mm, I'm not sure. I, I'll perhaps say the book that's had the biggest impact on me is probably the idiot by Dostoevsky. Surprise, surprise. No, I mean, I, I talk about Dostoevsky so much that, I mean, he, he has had a significant impact on my, on my life. I mean, Challenge me the most, probably Nietzsche, I would say, about challenging just approaches to Christianity. I think um, he he is often seen as extremely antagonistic towards Christianity, which he is. But I do think he has some very valuable criticisms towards a Christianity in his work. So there's things where I look at it, I'm like, you actually see where he's coming from in relation to the church and uh, in relationship to our, our relationship with God. And in some sense, I found that quite challenging. But, but as you say, I mean, sometimes I feel... When, when I mean challenging, sometimes it just doesn't feel like the analytic side or like the arguments for or against which really stand out to me. Or I, I come out from reading like an argument against the existence of God or arguments against um, the cosmological argument. I look at that and I'm like, oh my gosh, this has completely blown my interpretation of that to, to smithereens. It's, but sometimes it was also those just like interpersonal relationships and just looking at something. I'm like, yeah, there's things I actually have to improve in this aspect, both in relationship to God and in the world. And, the, and, and in some sense, that, that aspect has challenged me quite, quite significantly, I would say. Mm -hmm. I think like for Christians listening, like it is important to remember that like this isn't just merely like an intellectual pursuit. Um, obviously that's super important, but you have to like, it's love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Like it, it's all these things working together. Um, and you have to live like that holistic, like life. Um, and that does make such a difference when you do that. Like that's something I've been challenged to do this summer is like even things like getting myself in shape. Like, I feel like that's an important thing. Like my body's a temple and I need to like run to like get in shape a little bit. Um, just things like that. Like I think, and I think when you do that, it makes things like apologetics, like more fruitful and you're going to learn more. Like when you're doing these other things as well, I think it makes a big difference. Um, yeah. So I think a holistic life is super important for Christians. Definitely. Definitely. I also think that like, again, going back to the, this book I read from by Colin Hansen about Tim Keller, uh, when engaging people and uh, engaging specifically non-believers what Tim Keller did that was super, super valuable was like, he was intellectually rigorous. Like Tim was a good scholar, um, Mr. Keller, Pastor Keller, Dr. Keller, whatever um, name he would have. Um, 
he was intellectually rigorous, but he's also culturally relevant. Um, and I think that's something important to remember. It's something that I've been challenged is to figure out like, how do we be culturally relevant along with being intellectually rigorous? Like, I think this channel like does a good job of like being intellectually rigorous and like looking at topics, but like in the YouTube realm, like, and even in my own life, I'm kind of wondering now, like, how can we be like more culturally relevant um, in my own community, in this realm here, just like things like that. And that's something I've been trying to figure out of late. Hmm. Cultural relevance is something which is very important, and I'm not exactly sure how to do that. Sometimes, I mean, sometimes you could do some. I mean, I've tried doing reaction videos to stuff, and, and I don't know. I'm I, I, I'm kind of torn about this, and I'll I'd love to hear your thoughts and your advice on this because sometimes you feel you want to kind of a trend appears online, or maybe like Jordan Peterson <laughs> comes up with an interview or whatnot, and you're like, okay, let's do a reaction video to that, or or I mean, re most recently in Oxford, there was this massive uh, debate about Kathleen Stock, this apparently transphobic person speaking at the union. I'm not sure whether you came across it. It was in the BBC a few a few days back, and there was this like massive debate going on in 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 college, and sometimes I'll be like, should I make a video about this or should I not make a video about it? And I'm like. Do I want to? Do I not want to? And I, 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 I suppose the question is like, do you think that's the right way to do cultural relevance, or how are we meant to approach cultural relevance? If I responded to cultural events or whatnot? Yeah, that's a good question, Josh. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm probably not the best to answer this because I think like with what I'm doing, like I'm just kind of finding what I like to do and I think is valuable and just sticking to that. Like I'm interviewing people um, and I'm going to find people that hopefully are culturally relevant. Um, but at the same time, I'm not going to like go out of like who I am to like make these like response videos and things like that. Um, I kind of, I think I'm moving away from that. So how to be culturally relevant. I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's just kind of figuring out your purpose and like what you're doing. Um, like God has created us all differently. We all are supposed to do like different things. Um, so I, if that's kind of the purpose of like what you think you're supposed to be doing, then I think you do it. If it's not, then I think you leave that to someone else. Um, so that's kind of what I think is like, find what you think your purpose is and go that direction. Um, so I don't know. I, these are things that I'm like on the edge of my thoughts about where we're going. So. Definitely. It's a question, I suppose, not only for us, but the entire YouTube Christian um, slash apologetics um, sphere. I suppose that's that's always on our minds. Like, where do we draw? We want to be relevant, but at the same time, how exactly are we meant to do that? And I suppose that's a question which is is to be discussed. And let us know your thoughts in the comments below, I suppose, if you have any ideas about <laughs> how that, that goes on. Mm -hmm. uh, let's do this. Give a shout out to some of the people that you think... Um it could be in your own life or on your on like the YouTube realm. Like who are some people and like for people seeing this might be edifying that have really like helped you and like to become a better version of like Josh Yen as you've continued growing. Ooh, I would say I a few friends, I would say, um, I, I suppose their names wouldn't matter too much, but I have a good friend called Warren. He's he's actually come on my channel quite a lot. We used to do a lot of videos discussing. I think we did an entire Genesis series on my channel, actually. So if you want to see two, um, teenage boys chatting about genesis for like hours on end then warren jew has helped me a lot a girl called rose webster in um region in in oxford's really wonderful she's taught me a lot about how kind of how catholics approach stuff and it's kind of opened a landscape to to people and that just goes to the point of just talking to people who hold different opinions as you and actually just figure out why they believe in what they do and and that really opens my mind and really opened my mind to like i never approached catholicism in that, in, in, in that way before and i felt it was really helpful for me um, likewise, I would say on the YouTube realm, and I don't watch that much YouTube actually. I mean, for someone who makes YouTube videos, I probably should be watching a bit more to study it. I mean, of course, I have to give you great thanks, as I've said at the start as well. I mean, I mean, you've helped me uh, with my YouTube um, project. I mean, I think you were, you had like 1,000 subscribers or whatnot when I was like at like 50 subscribers, and you really helped me. I was asking you a lot of questions and, and still do, and you really provide me really good advice on how to really grow the channel and just small things like, oh, how should I make a thumbnail? Or oh, I saw you did this thing with your thumbnail how can i do that i mean some of these things have been really really helpful for me as well and and yeah i mean i, I suppose watching jordan peterson and some david goggins david goggins has been very helpful just the guy running around topless has been quite motivational at times so that's been have you come across david goggins no i'm literally pulling him <laughs> up right now you should search like, him. it's quite that? funny 
No, he, he runs around topless and he's like, oh, get into the gym. You have to do some exercise today or whatnot. And he's like running <laughs> on the road and he's like, have you gone to the gym yet? If not, then you're a... And it says some uh, motivational quotes, which I cannot say right now because it will probably get the video demonetized. But um, you kind of get the idea. That's what David Goggins is. I say that's quite helpful. But but no, I mean, that, I would say those, if I had to name four, it would be those. And I mean, of course, a few teachers my, and my dad's, of course, amazing. I, I thank my dad a lot. He teaches me a lot of stuff and... He, he really helped me out. So, I mean, those four things, four or five things, I would say people have, have, have stood out to me the most. How about you? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's obviously like in my personal life, there's a whole lot of people like family, friends, um, that have made a huge influence. Um, I think on the YouTube realm, there's people that like, I feel like I'm walking alongside with, um, that have made a big difference. Like people like you, Josh, or like Kyle Allender, Christian idealism, mm -hmm. or like Tim Howard, invoking theism, um, Emerson green, like people like that, that I feel like we're on the same, like, like we're all just kind of doing this cause we love this. Um, maybe we're making a little bit of money maybe, but like, we're not like full time, like YouTubers or anything like that, that are like, you know, just trying to rake in the bread, uh, but like doing this out of love and just really like, walking together and kind of how to and growing together um apologetic squared is another one and that so these people i feel like just walking alongside you guys has helped me a lot and inspired me to keep doing this and then i think there's people that i look up to um maybe like not for like like i don't know them personally so i wouldn't say that like they're role models in my life but like role models and like how to like create a good channel like parker's pensies is a good one um uh, Cosmic Skeptic has a really good channel, Inspiring Philosophy. Like, there's a few of these people that I really look up to, uh, Jordan Peterson, about how to, like, how to make a good channel and, like, how to do a conversation and things like this. And when I'm thinking about, like, how to do this, those are the people I kind of look up to and I see, like, oh, well, I'm going to kind of follow their lead. Like, I spent a lot of time um, – well, not a lot of time, but I've been spending time trying to revamp my thumbnails, which you'll see these next few weeks as I kind of put episodes out once a week. I'm tweaking them a lot more and i spent so much time um going in between cosmic skeptic and jordan peterson looking at their podcast thumbnails trying mm -hmm. to like revamp them so yeah just people like that have really helped me to kind of just like see how to grow in this pursuit yes definitely i mean i i've i've been doing that as well making thumbnails is perhaps the most difficult thing i've ever done um in my entire life <laughs> i would say making a good thumbnail to me is more difficult than getting into oxford so if someone is able to get into and <laughs> uh, make a good thumbnail definitely let me know I'll, I'll happily have any advice that you could give me because it is the most complex thing i've ever done in my life and i'm not an extremely designy <laughs> person as well so <laughs> it is one of yeah. those things i use canva try to keep a template and just roll yes. from there that's kind of and I just keep tweaking my template right now until I find something I like, excuse me, something I like. So that's exactly. my plan. Yes. Um, how should we close this, Josh? We're, we're running out of time. Like, what do you think is a good way these last few minutes? To, like, what should we talk about to wrap this up? Like, what do you think? Yeah, what are you thinking? Mm, I'm not sure, actually. I mean, tell I me, here, I got something. I always find these things super helpful. Like, tell me, like, what's what does your life look like on a day-to-day -day basis like are there like routines habits like things you're doing um you think are valuable that you can share with people i say my routine is extremely strict um i i it's you could say i live almost a monastic lifestyle just because i don't know sometimes i i mean i have to say i've been going through quite a tough time recently just some um, mm -hmm. mental health wise i've been going through quite a tough time so as a result I've, i force i find myself sometimes when you are going down that line when you, when your mental health side is getting a bit difficult is to really focus on routines and just falling back on doing the same thing every single day and that's that's something which has helped me quite a lot so i wake up at 6 a.m i go to the gym for an hour and a half and after that i do my social media and then work on my um my business uh a bit for like around an hour then i do youtube for an hour and then i start I make I cook breakfast and then after that I do my reading and writing for my Oxford work, kind of that until around five p.m. at five p.m. and then after that I I go on and uh, I do I do a bit of devotional I do a bit of praying and meditation for an hour and after that I go off to dinner cook myself dinner and then and in the afternoon it's either more work more reading or if I haven't finished uploading or editing my videos I go work on that in the evening so that's kind of the rundown of my day and that's been something which has helped me a lot to just keep doing the same thing every day and just keep keeping going keeping being disciplined and I, that's something which has helped me a lot mm. yeah I think discipline is super like important for people like if you want to live like a good productive like meaningful life you need to have discipline and that doesn't mean for me that doesn't mean that like 
you can't have too much discipline where you miss things. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that's something I fell into, especially like a mistake I made in college. I was so like routine oriented and disciplined that I missed a bunch of things. Um, or you mm-hmm. can do that in like your devotional life. If you're so disciplined, you might miss something with your devotional life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think just like living that structured ordered life is like super helpful for like getting things done. Like I feel with the way things are going for me now, I can get a lot done because I have a disciplined, structured way of doing things. So yeah, I think that's super valuable to have discipline and structure um, and to really just kind of live that out because I think it is super valuable. Um, and for Christians, you've got to keep God first and you've got to keep walking that out, um, going to church, serving in a Christian community, uh, evangelizing, like doing these things that maybe aren't like helping you grow in like apologetics knowledge, but helping you like grow as a believer. Like those things are super, super important, foundational, and they need to come even before like apologetics and philosophy in Mm. my mind. Um, So that's kind of what I think. Yes, I think perhaps we could end off talking about the the role of community in the church, because I think we're going into, we're moving society Mm. as a whole, it's moving to a very individualistic idea, like everyone, every man for themselves and one of the biggest, I suppose, discussions about protestantism is the idea that after breaking apart the church and heading to one's individual relationship to scriptures and to god one of the the things that i'm very afraid of is that the protestant movement or at least what you can call i suppose protestant movements very big like baptist whatnot i mean it's a massive it's a massive um scheme of of different denominations but in some sense uh, there's always that worry of people just viewing themselves as like this lone ranger this this um lone wolf and and you're just doing everything yourself and i think it's very important, at least in my experience, to really focus on that community, to focus on the people you're you're surrounded with and really develop deep relationships with the people in the church. Perhaps there's someone in, in your church who you feel is you're not very close to, or at least you feel they might, or, or you see someone at church, maybe at a service, and they're just sitting alone at the back, maybe after the service, go talk to them or something like that. It's just those small things, which I think is very wonderful to build that community in church and, and really build that community with the rest of the body of Christ, which is something which has really helped me a lot. And I wonder what your thoughts are on that and also how what are some things that you you have found helpful to build that community? And of course, as YouTubers, we do have quite a, online, a big online community, but at the same time, how do you do that both on YouTube and also in your personal life? Yeah, I think it's just conversations and spending time. Um, You can't, like, not spend time with people and grow relationships. Like, that's super hard. So I think that, like, in the YouTube realm, it's just talking with people, spending time with people. I think you build those bonds. Like, we've never met in person, Josh, but we've talked so much that I feel like I know you well now um, and things like that. Uh, And I also think that it's just, like, in the church, it's just being involved in church and not letting church be something that, like, you just go to and you leave and that's it. Um, but actually like being involved in the community, either whether like finding a small group, serving in a ministry, like things like that, I think are super important. And like, you got to make time for that. Cause like the church is the bride of Christ. Like that matters more than like, if it was church or this podcast, I'm choosing church. Sorry, mm-hmm. podcast. Um, and like, you have to make that the main thing. Um, because if you don't, your soul is going to falter. Um, so yeah, I think just like being intentional about serving, being intentional about finding community, being intentional about spending time with people. I think that's super important. So Wonderful. that's like my one of my goals this summer is things turn or like I have more free time is like every day I want to make sure I'm spending time with some people that are not like my direct family um, because I think that's valuable. So that's one of my goals for this summer. So. That sounds yeah. like a wonderful idea. And I think that's something which I should do a bit more as well. I guess focusing on those interactions is definitely very important. <laughs> it doesn't have to be anything major either. Like last night, it was watching game one of the NBA finals with one of my oh, friends. Wonderful. Like, it's, But like, I think that time is valuable. So yes, yeah, definitely. Um, Josh, as we start to wrap up, like what are we going to see from you in the future? I know we asked about this, but like what projects are you working on right now um, that if people are looking the next two, three, four, five, six months, like what are people going to see from you? Within the next two months, I could say that another book is going to be coming out on a university applications. I, I recently published a book. Um, I'll get it up. It's actually on the floor just because of how um, how messy my my uni dorms are. But I have a recent book came out, UCAS Bible, which is um, how to apply to UK universities. And I have one coming up for US universities. That's coming out soon. Uh, but more on the philosophical lens of things, I'm trying to get... Um, an article published on, as I said, Burjayev and Boom, which will be coming out. I'm not sure when it will come out, but 
anywhere in the next year. So that's quite a long-term thing. So, but that that's something in the works right now. And then on the channel, I mean, it's just going to be more, I think I'm going to be doing more individual videos. So just me talking to the camera, I've been doing a lot of like interviews and podcasts and whatnot, but I feel I'm going to cut back on that a bit more. And I'm just going to be talking about more, just my thoughts on philosophy, making a bit more personal instead of more abstract stuff. And, and that's, I think what's going to be going on the channel a bit more, but we'll see how that goes. Okay. Yeah. That's super cool, Josh. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on today, Josh. I really encourage people to check out um, Josh's channel, Philosophy for All. It'll be like added in the title or in the description or something. I don't know. It'll be some in some way. It'll be very easy to go subscribe to Josh Yen. Um, so I encourage you to go check out Josh's stuff. I've been subscribed for forever. Uh, great stuff to listen to. And yeah, I just encourage people to check out Josh's stuff. Uh, encourage you if you're new to here in apologetics, be sure to subscribe, leave a like all that fun stuff. Um, really appreciate you guys and your guys' support. And if you value what we do, please consider becoming a patron. Go to patreon.com slash adhered apologetics. You can help out for as little as a dollar a month. And like, that is huge. Uh, I know it's just a dollar, but and it's not going to make a lot in the grand scheme of things, but just the support is huge. Um, so please consider doing that. I'd really, really appreciate that. And yeah, that's that. Josh, thank you so much for coming on today. Uh, it's been a delight to talk to you and hopefully we'll make something happen again before too long because like every time I talk to you, I just enjoy it a lot. Wonderful. Same here. Thank you for having me on. It's really wonderful to be on yeah. again. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in. Have a good one and God bless. We will catch you next time.